All right, you ready? I wasn't sure if this was going to be a teach. I almost played it out in my mind, sitting at my table or my desk in there, and I said, well, I'll just go out and tell them, all right, let me teach to you for a minute. I don't know how far the teach is going to go before the preach comes. Y'all go get that treach again. But it's all right. The silence making you uneasy. That's how y'all make me feel when you listen. If God speaks a thing to you, amen it. That's right. I, man, when the pastor's got a when the pastor's got to reach into your well to start pumping water through your body, man, you got problems. You got serious. I sh- there ain't no pastor running that should have to go like this and say, all right, amen, church, amen. Say amen to I shouldn't have. Dude, look, if the Spirit speaks to you, amen it. Amen is not a man, a woman. Y'all didn't think I was going to let that pass by without addressing it, did you? Some of the ignorance of people. Amen, and they won't shut up. If you don't even understand what it is, we're going to give them platforms. What? All right, stop. Just stop. But I don't want to. I just don't want to. Joshua. Chapter 4, it's just getting good, brother. It's just now getting good. All right, I won't do that no more because somebody's going to take offense to that and get (laughs) Oh, God have mercy on our soul. Because I need it. I didn't give you a title to today's sermon, did I? Oh, man. If y'all could have seen the looks that I just got. It looked like a bunch of sad puppies in a pound. Because I didn't give them a title. Guess what? I still don't have one. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe after I finish reading the text, the Holy Spirit will say, this is it, and I'll give it to you. Maybe the Holy Spirit will talk to y'all if y'all listen. Well, I know. I know your mama's excited to hear me say stuff like that. Tommy. But, uh, Sean. I just got a paper cut. I can't preach. I just got a paper cut. Lord, have mercy. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1, I'm going to read through 11. And uh, I love this book for obvious reasons and for several others, but I love this book. And uh, this book has spoke volumes to me since 2011. And it just, the more I crack it open, the more I look at it, I could probably preach to y'all. I would say rest of my career out of this one little book. And, uh, I'm trying to get used to my glasses. I keep looking over them to look at you, but I can actually see you like this. And now it's kind of, don't go have LASIK surgery. Sorry, I just disqualified a bunch of LASIK surgery doctors. Just get you some glasses. It'd be a lot cheaper, I promise you. Chapter 4, verses 1. Are you ready? You got it? Man, all right, I'm preaching to two people this morning. And it came to pass, when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, now we're we're talking about the Israelites, we've come to a, a place in a season 
that we're going to cross out of one thing and cross over into another. And if you live any time at all, you have found yourself in a season such as the Israelites find themselves right now. We've wandered for 40 years in the wilderness, and here we stand, and in a matter of moments. See, y'all think it takes the promise of God years. It matter of moments. The promise is there. It takes you years to get there. All right, I better stop. I don't want to pick. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan that the Lord spoke to Joshua. That made some people mad. The Lord spoke to Joshua. The Lord spoke to Joshua saying, Take for yourselves... Twelve men from the people. This is the Lord talking to Joshua, if you missed that point. Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Ooh, I just got something right there. When you come out of something, take a moment to rest. Just take a moment. Take a moment. Take a moment to rest and remember God and what He done to bring you to the point where you are right now. Can you just can you find can you find a moment in your life just to go, I want to sit down for a moment and I am going to meditate, to reminisce, to look over, to be grateful for, to thank God for. Monuments, <laughs> monuments of memory. There it is for you. Did you wake up? Did you catch? Did y'all catch that? That's your title. Monuments of memory. Thank you, Jesus. Now that that stress is off me that they put on me. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder. According to the number, whoop, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, so they picked up twelve stones. And just because he's, that, that says cross over before the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, the Ark of the Covenant went into the raging water first. See, God's always in the middle of the storm before you ever get there. He's making a way for you before you even. Ah, never mind. So they're already in the water. Now he's telling them, now that it's dry ground, I want you to walk. And I want you to go and grab the stones from where the priest stood and take them over. That this may be a sign among you when your children ask in time to come, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed over the Jordan the waters of the Jordan were cut off and these stones shall be for a memorial to the children of Israel 
forever. Verse 8, and the children of Israel did so. Amen for a church that will do according to the word of the Lord. Amen to that. Amen. Again. The children of Israel did so, just as Joshua commanded, and took up twelve stones from the midst of the Jordan, as the Lord had spoken to Joshua, according to the numbers of the tribes of the children of Israel, and carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. Now, with all of that, I'll just reduce it. They picked up the stones, they took them across the river, they set up a memorial. Verse 9. Then, so this means one, see, there was, there, was a, there was an issue I had at one time reading this until this morning. <laughs> because it always seemed to me that this account was kind of redundant in its speech. And I couldn't ever figure, I'm like, okay, did they take it over? Did Joshua do it? Did they go? Because it said it this way and it done it. And it just seemed to repeat itself a couple of different times. You've got to take this account and cut it in two. You've got to split it up because there's two monuments. <laughs> See how many of you knew that? You've read, you've read it a hundred thousand times. The word then tells me that after they done what they did, then Joshua, I love God's word, then Joshua set up 12 stones in the midst of the Jordan, not across on the other side where they were going to rest. He set them up in the midst of the Jordan. So he's telling the priest, I want you to take from where the priest stood, as close as you can get to him, I want you to grab these stones, and I want you to walk across the Jordan, and I want you to put up a memorial on the other side where you'll dwell. Then Joshua turns, and Joshua picks up stones, and Joshua places 12 stones back. Oh, I can't wait. Then Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan in the place where the feet of the priest who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood. And they are there to this day. So the priest who bore the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded. Well, aren't you glad that God will stand until it is complete in your life? Are you? <clears throat> Say amen to that. <clears throat> don't, you, don't you know that if God was to walk out before the situation ever come to a close, don't you know that you would find some way to take a shovel and dig it all back up again? Yes, you would. Lord Jesus, I love it when you give me notes outside of notes. So the priest who bore the ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord had commanded Joshua to speak to the people according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. And the people hurried and crossed over. Then it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over that the ark of the Lord and the priest crossed over in the presence of the Lord. Man, can't you imagine? Father, I need your help. Can't you imagine the day-to-day -day burden of being a leader of over a million people? Because I can imagine it was just a couple. Just two, three, four different people, boy. And you'd have caused me to go drink coffee. <laughs> a million people plus. And he's having to tend to these people. Day-to-day -day stuff now, they're... Listen, their life didn't stop for those three days. He had told them, gather your stuff for in three days we'll cross over this Jordan. Everybody knows what this Jordan is. It just means there's another one coming. Cross over this Jordan. 
Can Don't think for one second that nobody's family had any issues about what they had to take and what they didn't have to take and what's going to go and what's not going to go. And you know that they come running to the pastor. Well, what are we supposed to take? What are we supposed to take? Mama said we're supposed to take this, but can I take that? My wife said I'm supposed to take this, but I want to take that. And that, 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 that. And Joshua, I can just see it. He was bold. He was bold. This is my mic, my story. <laughs> Can you imagine the day-to-day operation that Joshua had to tend to in this midst, in this time? Don't you know that you and I get distracted over our simple little... We don't have... <laughs> Some of us ain't got but one man to worry about and one dog. Others have one woman, one man, two dogs, three cats, four cows. I mean, we, the whole shebang. And don't you know that we're going to get a little sidetracked? Uh-oh. What would have happened if Joshua in that moment would have been distracted by everything going on in his life and would have never heard the word of the Lord. Where might the Israelites be? Man, we can learn a lot here. Joshua was telling us, listen, your day-to-day activities, okay, I understand. We all have them. There are priorities. But there is a moment in our life that we are to settle ourselves down to become quiet so that we might hear the word of the Lord. Because God is coming and trying to bring direction into your life. You're, you're moving from this season. <laughs> oh, it's not just a season. You need to listen to this. This ain't just a season. They're leaving a season of bondage, entering into a life of freedom. Did you get the word play? Yeah. My- Most of us are still living a life of bondage, and it should be a life of freedom. Your bondage is only for a season, for a little while. The Bible says after a little while, then I will establish you. Come on, church. That going to make me mad. I got it in my pocket. Don't, don't. They freaked out on me the other day. I got this thing. They make me put in my pocket. I'll turn the green light this way so you don't distract you because I know most of you because my sister notices different colored buttons on my shirt. And she focuses on a button. Missed the whole sermon. So I put this in my pocket so that they can keep up with me. Well, I, I had it in my coat pocket. Boy, they panic. Panic mode. They texting my wife during service. Man the spiritual lives of the people in the church. I love y'all. If I can't have fun. Hmm. But too many times we, we get caught up and we stay focused on our season of bondage. We never cross over. And we wonder why. Well, you haven't heard the word of the Lord tell you when and how to do such. So you're constantly remaining right. This is why you can't break free because you got too much noise in your life. You won't shut somebody up for 10 minutes so that you can go and spend a few moments with God that controls the air that you breathe. He kept you through the night while you were sleeping. He kept you. You didn't have to ask him. He kept you. Well, if we was only as responsible as God was. Jesus, I told you I got a finger blood cut. Don't let me lay hands on you. I'm bleeding. But there's going to be an opportunity for us. You're, You're going to enter into a Kairos moment. Are you going to be ready for it or are you going to miss it because of everything else? 
The Kairos moment is a moment that God has set and ordained for your life at that very moment. He said, I know the plans I got for you. I've already I've wrote these things out, buddy. They're clear. Now, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> See, that's the part we don't like. Well, if it's God putting it in my life, it's going to happen. Well, God can't do nothing in your life without your permission. You don't like to hear that kind of preaching. If God could overdo and, and, and suppress your will, that His will be accomplished, there would be no need for faith. Because then God just say, no, you're going to serve me? Sometimes I wish God He would do that to me. Boy, just, I mean every day just get up and beat the snot out of me until I got it right. He's, he's preparing these men for war. I'm going to get to the text in a minute. I just want to talk a second. Because there's, there's things we can learn. I mean, we're already dealing with the chaos in our life. And in the midst of him dealing with day-to-day activities and responsibilities, he was still able to be preparing men for war. How many of you know that there's going to be a moment that you're going to have to enter into your promise through fighting, through occupying? I know, but the battle's not mine. The battle's the Lord, and there's some that's yours. I'm going to preach you both sides of the street, baby. I want, you to, I want you to be happy that God's going to fight, and I want you to be knowing that there's sometimes you're going to have to fight. But he's preparing these men for battle. What are you, what are you preparing? Okay, well, maybe I'd better do it this way. Has God promised you anything? Are you preparing for that? Because if you think that God promised you without a problem, I've already told y'all when, when there's a problem, here come the, or when there's a promise, here come the problem. So if you think that God's promise to you isn't going to be kind of detoured by the enemy, you got another thought coming. So what are you doing in this moment? How are you preparing for war? Because it's going to come. There's going to be a fight. How are you preparing? Have you... I know you just went and put your boots on and went to work. I'm talking about how are you prepared? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, so don't tell me you're putting your boots on. I hope you're putting some sandals on. That's the armor of God, baby. Not Y'all better come on. You better follow me for a minute. You get lost. You're, you're entering into a promise through occupying you're going to have to be prepared to fight. You can't just, want, not even knowing who your enemy is or what your enemy can do or what kind of authority your enemy has over you and you're going to walk up into your promise? No. Most cases you're going to be standing on the other side of the Jordan with your binoculars, checking it out. Boy, that looks good over there. No matter how busy we are in life, or it may seem that we are, we're to be sensitive to God, tune our ears to His speaking so that we don't miss the moment when God says, go. David David was quick to this. Do I go after him again this way? No. No. I want you to go over here. See, some of you have been fighting the same battle the same way. Oh. Some of you have been fighting the same battle the same way for years. And you can't get past it. You want to know why? Because you're fighting it your way. You're not listening. Daddy had already told you another avenue to take, and you won't listen. You've decided in your own heart 
that this is how it's going to be done. And you've done it. How's it getting you? How's it working for you? It's working all right for you? Everything, life is smooth, man, when we do it. And we wake up tomorrow and we got the same issue. Pounding us in the face. I mean, pounding us. But we refuse to change. This time of significance could have been missed if Joshua would have been wrapped up in his everyday activities. I mean, he could have lost it. For generations, he could have lost it. But he was sensitive. And remember that all the way through this whole process of them being in the desert, this is the first time that God has told the Israelites to make any monument of any remembrance. The first. There's some significance here. We better, we better watch. The laws of first mention. Here's the first. Make a monument. Get the stones. Put them up. See, when we're to leave one season and enter into another, we are to mark it in such a manner that it would provoke those who come after us to ask about it. Can I ask you a question? How many, how many people, how many people in your life knows when God come in and interrupted something? so that you might prosper, so that you would be fulfilled, so that your joy would come back to you? When, does everybody know these moments, these Kairos moments in your life when God knew that you were at your breaking point and if one more thing hit your plate, brother, it was over? How many people know of that in your life? Some of you don't even know in your own life. Why? Because you're just like the Israelites, a stiff-necked, stubborn people. Listen, this, I'm telling you if, you, if you will open up your ear. If you'll give way to the Spirit for a moment. I won't take up a couple hours, it's... Sweetheart, it's only 11.25. You got all day. But if we would open up our ear for a moment, man, we could get some learning. We could get some understanding. We could gain some wisdom. That's always a good thing to put in your pouch is some wisdom. So why do you want to experience something that you can excuse yourself from by the wisdom of those that's already went there to begin with? I'd rather not walk your travel. If you just tell me what you've done, how it all worked up, how it all worked out, I'm going to go, ain't doing that. I'm going to do this twice as much. I'm going to do it this day instead of that week. And I'm See, God, don't y'all know that God already knew these guys and gals? Don't y'all know, he, he, if anybody knew the Israelites, it was God. And God knew that if he wouldn't take such a monumental moment and cause them to remember, they would forget at the next trial, at the next tribulation, at the next problem. Come on, look, 40 years all the way through. This, this is time after time after time. God knew these people. 
I mean, God, when, when these people needed the deliverer, God sent Moses. When these people needed food, God sent quail and manna. When they needed drink, God sent them water. He made the bitter into sweet. He brought it and drew it from a rock. When they needed shelter, he gave them a cloud by day and a fire by night. He knew these people and he was there time after time after time. But here's the problem. Because how many of you know that those were monumental moments? I mean, my God. When they needed a way, he parted the Red Sea. Come on, if that's not a monumental moment in your life. How many times has God showed up in a monumental way and no one knows anything about it? This is how we overcome, by the words of our testimony. God knew. He said, man, he said, okay, Joshua, look, check this out. If I let them do the same thing they have done for the past 40 years, they will continue for the next 40 the same way. Are you listening, Joshua? In the midst of all of your stuff. Are you listening, Joshua? Because what I want you to do is I want you to have them. Take 12 stones. And I want you to make them have a memorial built on the other side. And where I want you to get it from is where the priest stood. Why? God wants you sometimes to go back and revisit your tribulation and your trial so that you can pick up the rightful stone and go, that's what he was saving me from. This is where God showed up. This is what God done for me in this season, in this time, in this moment. This is what God done for me. See, we go back and we pick them up and we bring them to the other side. After we've already gone through it, we've passed through it, we've been delivered, we've been set free, we've been made whole. We bring it to the other side and we begin to build a monument. Why? For generations to come that they may ask, what is that? Amen. And you can testify of the Lord. God's good. He said, but Joshua, if they, if they, if they don't do it, I can't let them like they did. See, when you're... <laughs> you can't always do it today like you've done it yesterday. You, you've come into a different season in your life. You, you've broke... <laughs> you've broke the bondage... And you've entered into freedom. See, you have to... Okay, you don't have to. Don't you know that when you are in bondage and you've been truly set free... I'm not talking this little jerk and shouting and throwing shoes in the truck. I'm talking about when you have broken bondage and you've been set free by God. Not by man. You'll act different. You'll talk different. You'll walk different. You'll dress different. Come on. Why? Because he's replaced the heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. See, so now everything that you do, you're working out of love because God is in you and God is... I don't want to go too far on it because then you'll just go, I don't know what that's got to do with anything and I, I really like to go home and eat my chicken. So let me stay on point for you. I ain't done. I'm getting close to the end of these sheets, but we got some sheets over here. So if you got to go to the bathroom, we'll wait. Go ahead.
You're going to go anyway. It doesn't matter. Instead of them remembering where God entered their life and done for them, they forget from one moment to the next. See, it was every turn there was a complaint. We want to know why because we don't ever focus. In, in every turn, there was a complaint. At every mountain, there was a complaint. Don't, don't worry about it. it got me through that. But now we're at a mountain. So what are you going to do? Every valley, there's a complaint. Every river, there's a, every problem, there's a complaint. We always, want to pro, we always want to complain about the problem that we're in and we forgot that the problem we come out of. And God knew this. He said, if you don't put something up to remind you, yeah. you're going to forget again. <laughs> I just see the underline. This is a fine print. He didn't put it in the back. <laughs> he said, I'm tired of hearing you complain about it. <laughs> ah, woo, my mic, my story. Surely if he wouldn't have caused this to take place, I'm sure they would have practiced as they have in the past. See, we, we get caught up in dancing, <laughs> dancing in the moment. That's where we think that we're supposed to do it. Can I, can I put... Let me put culture on you real quick. Can I do that? Here's a culture shock. We use the words I love you right in the middle of sex because that's what we think that means. Can I? Y'all go hear me in the, in the heat of your moment. <laughs> Y'all going to spit out I lust for you. <laughs> It's okay. It's your husband and it's your wife. Bless the Lord. Praise God that he didn't want me to be alone. Shoo. I ain't take responsibility for that one. Oh. The text also tells us that not only did Joshua have them go and put stones on the other side, but Joshua put a memorial in the bed of the Jordan. Man, I, I just, that's when my, my mind just started going, wooka, 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 wooka. And I was just all over the place. I said, I don't even know how to put that in notes. So I'm going to try to remember. I put a couple but Joshua went back and put stones back where he had told the tribe to take them from <laughs> I don't understand maybe maybe could this, could this be partly that Joshua is wanting us to understand that your monumental moment didn't take place when you got through it. The monumental moment took place while you were in it. Oh, 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 oh. boy, God loves you. He loves you. He, he wants to feed you so much, and I can't get it to you fast enough. There, there's a moment... See, all right, I'll go there. On this side of the river, this monument can be seen. Let's call that flesh. Over here in the Jordan, when the water was to come back, this monument was covered. Oh, water, Holy Spirit, covered spirit. Let's call this spirit. See, too many times we set up the mind. 
Oh, dear God, I love you. This is why we fail at every turn or every mountain or every valley or every trouble or every problem. I could go on. I mean, the list just grows. But we have focused on this monument that we can see. And we think that that monument is to build our faith. All right, I'm, I'm going out on a limb this morning. I'm going to get real close to the edge probably. I'm going to stretch you. First thing I do this, let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. Okay? It says that faith is what? Come on, y'all have read the scripture. You don't have to turn there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Okay. So if faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So that tells me that once I've seen it, faith is no longer needed. Y'all agree or disagree? I want you on the same page. I want you tracking with me for a minute. Because the Bible says that what a, what a man can see does not hope for anymore. There's no need to. I don't, I don't need to hope for this marker. I have it. If I don't have it, I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for it. I'm hoping for my marker. I'm hoping for my marker. I'm hoping for my marker. Uh-oh, now I've got the faith. I found my marker. Now I no longer hope. Because faith took me, never mind. So we rely on the stones that were placed as a monument in our life so that we can look back at the situation. And we see that, and that is where we hope that our faith is built. And our faith isn't built there. It's already been done there. Our faith... Oh, dear God, you're blowing my mind. We're saved by faith, not by works. Dear God, he's digging deeper and deeper and deeper. So here in my faith, oh, it wasn't faith, it was spirit. Here in my spirit, my faith is built. Because see, I go back, not, not, to, not to my flesh. Man, I'm getting way off track, but this is so good, I want to keep going. It's not that I don't need this in my life every once in a while, because you do, and God thinks that you do, or he wouldn't have had them do it this way and that way. This is that. But we focus on this. And if the next thing doesn't look like this, all hope is lost. This is the difference between immaturity and maturity in Christians. God, if we walk by the flesh, or we walk by the Spirit, if we feed the flesh, or we feed the Spirit, the Spirit is important to you. This thing here is temporary, brother. This goes away. And sometimes this don't add up to the next. See, my wife just made me do something after 28 years. Because the first one didn't add up to her expectations. So the second one, well, anyway. I love you. One day y'all have a marriage like this. Huh? All right. Um, where was I at? So your, your spirit, you turn to your spirit to build your faith. Why your spirit? Because you go back to where it began. And you, you remember, oh, wait a minute. This is what happened and this is what I've done. And this is what was produced. So maybe this time, I'm going to, it's a bigger problem. I know what I've done here, so I'm going to do more of it here. Now you're building your faith. Now, now you're building your faith. Now you're not worried so much about the flesh. Now everybody don't have to pat you on the back when you do a good job. 
bring me in here somewhere. All right, I'm just going to have to break off and go right back to it. Joshua, Joshua was telling us, too, that, see, because a lot of us, we, we wait until we have seen that which we have expected to rejoice. Come on. I lost you. I lost you. Man, when I get that job, I'm going to dance. When I get that job, I'm going to tithe. When I get that job, I'm going to go to church. When you got that job, you left church. When you got that job, you spent more money on it. When you got... This is why Joshua set up back here. Now, remember what you didn't have over here. Remember where you stood over here if it had not been for God. We have to learn to rejoice and praise God in the midst of a problem. How many of you know that the Jordan was a problem at the time? It was at flood stage. Probably a little eerie. Because if I'd have been one of the priests that day, I'd, if it had been that Monday, Tommy, I'd have put my resignation in. Because I ain't going out in that Jordan, brother. Hmm? Joshua's wanting us to go back. To where it all started. That's where you build your faith here. <laughs> Thank you, Holy Spirit. You build your faith here. You tell everybody about your faith. Well, if I keep going, we could be here till three. Because I mean, it's dumping. I'm getting sweaty. So, see, y'all don't understand. Sometimes I. <laughs> Who am I? That he would even think of me. To use me for moments like this, do y'all want to. Y'all don't. I don't want to wring out the rag, man. I want to make you squeal. Some of the stuff you just got right there is enough to blow. It blows my, it unlaces my shoes. We, we all need understanding. And my God, when he will sit back and, and pin his sermon in the midst of it being spoken... Me? Can't even get back here. God, I feel God in this. We want to know why we can't face battles that are for tomorrow. Because we base our faith on what we can see. I mean, it's totally, totally contrary to what God told us to do. The righteous, the righteous shall walk by faith, not by sight. Sight was for the sinner. Why do you think he worked miracles? Dear God in heaven, look, if we don't break bread over this, we won't break bread over nothing. He uses the eyes of the sinner. Paul said it, by now you should all be teachers. 
God expects you to mature. He doesn't expect to have to do this every time you stump your toe and you get a breeze. Oh, why ain't you healing my toe? And you forgot that last week he was on a whatever in the hospital. The earth moans. For the sons of God. Who are the sons of God? Now be careful before you say this, because if you go, I'm a son of God, then what are you doing? What, 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 are, what are you doing? Man, if, if we are going to take on such a title, if we're going to walk our life out beneath such a banner as a son of God, why are you coming to this side of the Jordan to remember God's sovereignty when it happened in the Jordan? We want to see God do great and mighty things in our life, but we don't want to do anything differently. We like church the good old-fashioned way. Anybody got a hymnal? Some of y'all so attached to them, you probably bought them in your pocketbook. Show them to me. I'm not saying there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not. I mean, I was sitting here listening to Amazing Grace, and I had to anoint my own head with oil because I didn't have nobody to do it. So I anointed my own head with oil, and I sat here and cried under Amazing Grace as it was playing pre-service. I ain't telling you there's something wrong with it. I'm just telling you, hey, it's going to take you to a level. There is other levels to go to. What are you going to do with it? Thank God we got music now. God leaned down one day and he heard them singing around the, around the Jordan when Jesus was baptized. He, he heard them singing. <laughs> he went, whew, we got to put some stuff to that. Not right now because it's really going to shake them up. And then he started introducing pianos and drums. Y'all remember those days? Man, boy, when you brought in a set of drums, you brought Satan. Church is split over that. Just like church was split over good word. <laughs> Notice I say good word. Not too often it happens over bad word. You might have one or two. Most of the time it's over good word. Because the good word is calling you to another dimension in God. And you don't like that. It's uncomfortable. Okay, so with that being said, let me get my water. Eric, will you drag this out the way? I'm hoping that Eric will drag it. I'm hoping Eric will drag Jack, will you drag this? And the faith activated. And it, there it went. <laughs> 